Welcome in to episode two of the, I think Glenn's going to like this, Easy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Smoke in the GM podcast. Yes. <laughs> the name has been finalized. GM one. We, 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 we caught a lot of, uh, well, no, I'm not going to call it flack. No, uh, support, Glenn, man, support. Glenn, yes, yes, yes. Glenn got a lot of support for it being easy on, on social media this past week after after episode one so you know i'm one that listens to the people yeah uh-huh. uh-huh, so yeah we're we gonna we're gonna go with easy that's 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 cool with me so easy smoke and the gm podcast i'm ezra mccann and i'm joined as always by chicago public league legend former Simeon wolverine and grambling state university all swag second baseman brandon williams aka coach smoke all right all right yo, yo, what's, yo. Happening? what's happening let's get it let's get it and our our NFL draft enthusiast, Glenn Morgan. He's the GM. Yes. What's happening? Everything's good, baby. Just let the people know I am a professional observer. It's what I do, baby. Hey, well, <laughs> let's let's get started. We, we we don't need to waste any time. And um, your observations were were pretty pretty spot on on a, on a lot of topics from last week's episode. Man. Hey, there's, and, a, um, there's a reason why you put the the before the GM, baby. I'm just saying. Yeah. There's a reason why the the's before the GM. Um, yeah, I mean, thanks, man. But, you know, in all fairness, I think we all were, were hitting on everything and discussing it exactly how it uh, it was happening and how it turned out to, to be. And I think a lot of that just comes from, I jokingly said professional observer, but that's what we, we do. We observe, you see patterns, and you call it like you see it. And I think when you speak truth to power, it happens. Yeah, yeah, man. It, it feels good to see things you talk about actually come to mm-hmm. When you, when you have no communication with these guys in professional sports, it's it's like a it's a it's a good feeling. Well, before we hit on the, your 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 big hit, <laughs> yeah, right. yes, indeed. Let's let's start with the Bears, and I and I think the powers that be at Lake Forest were listening in mm-hmm. to the podcast last week. Yes, sir. Um, we got some big news last Friday that. Uh, Matt Nagy was not going to be calling plays. He was going to pass it off to offensive coordinator Bill Lazor. Mm-hmm. And this was something we talked about that maybe maybe he should do. And um, I think everyone everyone in the town, you know, they thought maybe this was a way that, you know, we maybe see a change of pace in the offense. Maybe Bill Lazor, who's been around for a while, saw something that maybe, maybe Matt Nagy, you know, hasn't been seen, seeing, you know, you know, over the, over the past, you know, two plus years. Right. Uh, I think we were wrong. <laughs> uh, Monday night, the defense and the special teams definitely showed up. Yes. Uh, but the offense did not. They contributed 149 yards total offense, six points, in a 19-13 loss to the Vikings. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's start with the GM, man. Mm-hmm. We, we, we said Nagy had to stop calling plays. We said it was the quarterback and the number one guy's not there. Mm-hmm. So who do we shift the blame to now? Well, if you remember what I said initially, even before we really delved further into that topic last week, I said overall everything lies at the general managers, and I said not this GM, but Ryan Pace. Yeah, uh, and I think I still think that's the same problem. I mean, it, essentially, it comes down to you don't have the talent to do what you want to do on offense. 
And so even though Nagy was no longer calling plays, it was still his system. It's still his schemes. They still talked about it before the week, before the game began that, that, that weekend. So Bill Lazor was basically calling plays from the same play card. <laughs> you know, um, I, I did see a little bit better continuity, not the results that you want, but I saw something that looked like aspects of one play leading into the next to try and set up the other play. Uh, again, the, the, the problem resides really in a lot. It's not just one thing, and that's a frustrating thing. I mean, yes, it's the offense. Yes, the offensive line is not very good. Yes, we have injuries on the offensive line. Uh, yes, the quarterback play isn't what you would like it to be. However, nothing is being done to help that situation. It's like, okay, we know this is bad, but still, we want you to, you know, we want you to lift 100 pounds. But, coach, I can't lift 50. Ah, you know, use both arms. <laughs> okay, that's still 50 per arm. I still can't lift it. And I think the heavy lifting that day was done by the defense and the special teams, and it still wasn't enough. No, and I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the offensive line, I know they've they've been decimated by injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're playing the backup to the backup at right tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was good to see uh, Cody Whitehair back out there at center, and it seemed like to start the game off. They were actually playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mike Zimmer and that Vikings defense, they started dialing up that blitz, mm-hmm. and they couldn't figure it out. They they just couldn't pick it up. Um, so, I mean, they, I mean, I've had time to, to actually, you know, digest this and to settle down because I was, I was a little heated Monday night after that <laughs> game. I mean, what what can you – I mean, you, you – you got backups playing all on, on your offensive line, man. I mean, what yeah. what more can you can you expect out of that? Um, I thought maybe they could they could have tried to help those guys out, and they and they were mm-hmm. you know there were a couple times where they you know they brought in uh, uh, I guess what you would call their heavy package where they would have two tight ends staying in to block, right? But there wasn't enough of that. Um, I think they got away from the running game. Yes, they always do. Uh, very, mm-hmm. very early in that game, and 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 I mean, you look at the stats here. Um, they ran the ball seventeen times. Right. Cordell Patterson got twelve of those carries. Um, Octavius Pierce got three, and Ryan Nall got a carry. Right. Yep. You activated Lamar Miller mm-hmm. for what? And you didn't run him. You wanted to see what he looked like in the uniform. Exactly. I guess that the twenty-five. I mean, hey, he, he looked no. good in the twenty-five, man. Yeah. Kind of felt retro, kind of felt 1970-ish when I looked at that uniform. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's crazy because you we both said they didn't stick with the run. They ran the ball 17 times for 41 yards, you know. 41. So, so that's clearly not even three yards a carry, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, however, what do the Vikings do? They ran the ball 33 times for 99 yards, which is just at 3.3 yards a carry. So it wasn't like they were doing anything that much more spectacular. And basically, Dalvin Cook was held in check. But yeah. they until kept, Hicks until Hicks got hurt he right was, until Hicks right until Hicks got hurt he uh, was uh, he was ineffective ineffective completely yeah. you know so 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 most of those yards really came late in, in the it game came, it really came from that one big run exactly right, right so but what's the difference the Vikings stuck with the run stuck with it and yeah. the Bears get away from that and not only that but they're not giving it to the right person look man i'm a tennessee volunteer we all know that we all know i love my balls right you know smoky 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 top all the way down oh rocky top oh rocky <laughs> top however 
However, Patterson has no business being a, a lead running back. You know, no. uh, uh, we were listening to Coach Wanstead earlier. I don't know if you were there today or not, uh, but, yes, but we were listening to Coach Wanstead earlier, and he was diagramming a play, talking about the, the kickoff return for a touchdown and how Patterson sees the field. But it's different when you're returning the ball. You have much more room. There's a lot more space for you to digest exactly where your blocks are going to be so that you can take advantage and exploit where uh, the opening is going to be. When right. you're running from behind the line of scrimmage, man, it's a lot quicker, and that view is a lot, a lot more narrow. And, and you and you got to hit that hole right, right now. Exactly, yep. and not only that, but you, you, I'm sure you would attest to it. By the time you reach the NFL level, a lot of that has to be instinctual. You know, a lot of it's practice, but a lot of it has to be instinctual, and there's vision involved as well. So you combine your vision, your ability to be able to see peripherally, left and right. What do you have to see for, you know ahead of you as well? But also your instincts, based born upon years of experience. And then they're actually being a hole there. So when several of those things are not working in your favor, you get 12 carries for, you know, not even three yards a carry. Just saying. Yeah. I, I, so I'm trying to understand what is Matt Nagy's fascination with Cordell Patterson? Like he, he does, he does everything. Now, granted, we I spoke last week saying he was getting positive yards out the mm-hmm. backfield. But I had no, I had no intent on thinking he was going to be <laughs> starting in the backfield and and getting the bulk of the carries. Right. Like he looks, he looks at him as a playmaker. He like, thinks that you know. No, that, I blame that. I blame you, Smoke. I blame you. Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you talked him up. You're like, hey, <laughs> you talked him up. Nick was like, hey, yeah, I see the they same. Were, thing. They were listening. They were listening. Hey, hey man, it, it's starting. It's starting to get get real scary. Seems like they really are listening. Because like, listening, man. whoa, I, I I said he was getting positive yards, but my excitement going into the week was knowing that Lamar Miller was activated. Right. Like, and and to come out of there and seeing that he only got two touches, which was two catches out. The backfield, yeah, which, which, which was like, man, that was that's disheartening for real. He had the one, he had the one check down on I think on the first on the first drive. Yeah, he had the one check down for six yards, and, and then yeah, and, one for no gain. And like the and and I was I was even expecting more from Ryan Nall this week. Like Who? Uh, Nall? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying Nall? No. <laughs> like Nall from Nall, <laughs> yeah. but 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 I mean, like I, the other guy was Pierce. You said right, right. Has he even played this year? He, last no, night, I don't think. I don't think. Yeah, Monday night. That may have been his first appearance, and I mean, he's he's supposed to be a he's supposed to be a, a four four guy. Yeah. Um. And so I guess they were just they were trying to you know see if he could he could give him a spark, but yeah. I mean. The thousand yard, the the former thousand yard rusher was there. And maybe, maybe, maybe they know he's he he can't do it anymore. But yeah. I would I would try to get as much as I can out of him. Yeah, you know, at at this point, just knowing just, that you, you didn't have David Montgomery, just try it. Let's try, yeah. Just yeah, try it, man. Yeah, but but to go back, like I am leaning a lot towards the the GM now. I am uh, going more heavily on pace versus Nagy. Now, what I will say, although I was excited about them switching the play calls, they did it on Friday. So it's not like uh, Lazar, Laser, Laser had uh, time to really implement no, his play. I think that was they. 
that was done early in the week. They oh, uh, they just they just announced. You think announced, they just they announced it late? Yeah, okay, 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 okay. Well, if that's the case, then it just it just shows it's the it's the personnel. I've learned I've yeah. learned in uh, in my time in sports media. They wait to nothing. Yeah, there's no there there really no surprises. Things gotcha. are gotcha. things are discussed <laughs> beforehand. Okay. okay. Yeah, so yeah, so, I think I think he knew. So yeah, it, it, it comes down to personnel. It comes down to personnel now at that point. Uh uh we started out the game, which we've been starting out almost every game looking Decent. like we're doing okay. Right. And then next thing you know, we hit a brick wall and we can't do a thing. Uh, first drive looked like it's going well. Yeah, uh, Foles throws one a little high, but as a receiver, you got to catch that ball, Miller. Yeah, you got to yeah. catch that ball. You know, and you know it's it's little little thing, little small things with a, a offense that lacks so much like ours that we can't have happen. We can't have drops. We can't have mistakes from the quarterback. We have to. We have to work. We have to figure out a way to pick up blitz because, like you said, once Minnesota dialed up that blitz, it was Lola. nothing we could yeah. do. It was nothing at all we could do. I tell you that that one you're talking about, I'll give him a pass on that one. On the uh, on the drop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, it was and a tough actually, catch. it was a tough. Yeah, yeah. It would have been a tough grab, and actually, Foles sailed it. Though he he may maybe he shouldn't have thrown there. When he threw there, it it's was late. probably the only place. It was lay. Well, it was the only place he could, he could get it because right. you had that linebacker that that, that yeah. snuck over in the middle there. Um, that said, I, I, I give him a pass there. The late ball uh, when they were in the red zone, late uh, mm-hmm. late in the ball game, that one should have been caught on the fourth. I think it was the fourth down. Yeah, that one's got to be caught. Yeah, and 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 so yeah, I'll, I'll put that on Miller, no doubt. And then it was the times when we when we got the interception. When Matt got the interception and then, like, uh, Foles went to Graham, I want to say twice to his direction, but it was like he had to get rid of the ball, and Graham wasn't even nowhere near out of his break yet. But he just had to throw the ball somewhere, hoping <laughs> hoping that he'd go that direction, like, because the line was – it's it's just – it's abysmal. It's, it's, it's bad. It's yeah. really bad. Like once, once, yeah, like I said, once, once they started dialing up that blitz, man, he, Foles had no shot, man. Yeah, it, it was. That's just the way it is. Which let's 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 talk about this now. Um, Foles didn't look too good at, at the end of that ball game. He he he, he got laid out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought I thought he was done for the year. Now it looks like it's not as not as serious as as we thought. Right. But uh, coming out of the bye, going to Green Bay. Uh-huh. All right. Let's say let's say both guys are at eighty percent, both him and Trubisky. Who do you go with mm-hmm. next or or on Sunday night on the twenty ninth? Well, I really I think it depends on uh specifically what is wrong with Foles. If it's mm-hmm. somewhere near his throwing arm or shoulder or something. Well, they, said like- it's a, they said it's a hip pointer. Okay, uh, I can live with that a little bit more because he's not moving anyway. Um, whereas with <laughs> <laughs> with Trubisky, Trubisky, <laughs> Trubisky, I believe it was his throwing shoulder, so that's a little more concerning. Um, now, if Trubisky is one hundred percent, and I know the Lord's going to strike me down for saying this out loud and publicly, at this point, just 
because the offense has like no continuity in terms of being able to do much of anything and Foles just, just really because I'm scared of Foles's life you know it flashed before yeah. his and my my eyes last last Monday uh, he can't move and teams are going to do exactly what Minnesota did they're going to yeah. blitz they're going to they're going to come after him heavy and the line is not doing its job Trubisky has at least presents the opportunity to be able to avoid through running or doing something a little bit more maybe you can even do a little rpo possibly it's just and I, I, that's not to say that i think he's the better quarterback i think I think he may be his athleticism may be the better option it gives us the best chance right now it's we're we're kind of putting foes in 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 danger yes yes in, we are. in in danger right now like it it's with a guy with the injury history that he has on mm-hmm. top of that. Like exactly. it, it was shocking. It's it's been shocking to me that he lasted this long <laughs> with with without getting the injury. Like it's been a shocker with the punishment he's been taking. Yes. It, it's it's been shocking. And I I had said early on, I was one that was saying, you know, once we go away from Mitch, we have to stay away from him no matter what. Unfortunately, I have to I have to go back against that because right. now it, it like it, it's just he he's he gives the team the better chance to win in my opinion right now because of his athleticism and at the same time you don't want to just put somebody out there just just because you don't want to go back on a decision you made but you're putting this person in harm's way. It's a call that needs to be made if Trubisky is healthy. We're, we're such a fickle fan base, man. <laughs> Actually, you, 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 you know, it's, I don't think it's being fickle, bro, because here's the thing. We don't know. We didn't know what it was going to be like with Foles because we figured, and I know I, this is how I figured, hey, he understands the NFL. He can read things quicker. He can process things quick, more quickly than Trubisky. And he does. And he did. The problem is he has no when chance. He has, when he has time. Exactly. When he has time. And that's the problem. And it's getting worse now because everyone, especially when you play on Sunday night and Monday night, everybody's seen it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh, okay. So they can't, so Infetti can't handle a, a stunt. Okay. Uh, we'll just send six. We don't even have to send five. We don't have to send, we'll send six. We'll send five. We'll pretend we're going to send five and then we'll drop, we'll just send four and drop everybody else back. But he's going to be so hurried and hairy and he's going to throw it and make a mistake anyway. Well, that was, you know, you know, you bring, you bring that up, man. That was something actually Brian Greasy brought up in the broadcast. They ran a lot of bunch formation and he was like, you know, with that, foes can't really tell, you know, where the blitz could be coming from because everybody is in, you know, bunched up together. So, so, your um, um, uh, your formation is is not helping out. No, the mm-hmm. offense. You know, you mm-hmm. know how you line up. That that that's an issue. That uh, uh, an experienced offensive coordinator should be able to see that. Yeah, I would well, think. Yeah. Well, we have we haven't given them a chance though. The offensive coordinator. I mean, I guess. Well, yeah, it's only. I, it's only. Yeah, I, I get that. It's only. He's been there all year, though, man. He's, but you know, yeah, and he's co- he's coached yeah. before. You know? he's, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. My, uh, I got my question, and I, and I, this may be something way out of left field, <laughs> and everybody's gonna be like, "What? What the hell is he talking about?" <laughs> you notice that they they kept showing the shot of Bill Lazor up in the in the coach's box. Okay. Mm-hmm. Usually, you know, in a in a normal in a normal time. There are a bunch of coaches up there, right? 
Okay. So non-COVID time. I get you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In COVID time, it looked like he was the only one up there. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but I wonder if there, if we were in regular times and there were some other people up there that can, you know, while he's trying to chime decipher in. what play to call, they can chime in and say, hey, they're give doing him this. Some, give them some uh, insight. Because you know, the, the, the purpose of being up in the box is so you can see everything, right? Exactly. Maybe he doesn't have that up there. Maybe maybe the right maybe the right person isn't up there to to talk to him about those things. I don't, I, that's just a something I noticed during the game. It, it may not be anything. I may just be, you know, or or I, I mean know. that that could be the case. That could have been his job for Nagy. Yeah, yeah. But now Nagy's on the field, so now right. it's on him to see that as well as call the play as well now, you know, it might be a little too much. Might I mean I so I can see what you're saying that might needs to be someone up there as well. That's, that's just, just an observation. Yeah, I don't know yeah, that. I, I don't, don't know if that's true. I don't know. Just right. An observation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know because knowing that he wasn't calling plays at first for the first nine games of the season, you know, that might have been what he was doing up there for Nagy, relaying that message to Nagy from up top, showing him what he sees and then Nagy calling the plays. But now he's calling the plays, so he's trying to see what he can see and call the plays at the same time. Might be a little overwhelming for him. So hey, you know, I'll tell you never what, know. I'll tell you what, I thought Nagy was a little uh, a little bored uh, with him having <laughs> a play-calling responsibility, man. Did you see the? Uh, there was a play where, uh, where Cousins ended up throwing the ball uh, out of bounds? Threw the ball away. Okay. Nagy, Nagy made a break for that ball. Man. I, I thought he was going to take it, take it back for six. That might be the only way we could score. Yeah, right, 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 right. He was having too much fun out there, man. But uh, but yeah, that, that's man. That, that offense is is not good. And actually, I'm worried. I'm worried now, and I think we, Glenn, we we talked about this a uh, a while back, and you thought because of. The culture in that locker room, and actually, and man, Matt Nagy is 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 a big part of the reason of 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 this culture. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about, will there become a, a time when there's division in this locker room because the offense isn't pulling 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 enough of their weight? Um, I I can see that coming, man, because it's that's that's just unacceptable, man, to 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 score six points in, in a ball game. You, you can't you can't do that. You know, it's it's interesting you say that, man, because generally speaking, we've seen that happen so many times, not just in Chicago, but other teams where one side of the ball is so much better than the other. And there's that division in the locker room that you alluded to. And for some reason, it's it's just weird to me. I, I, I don't feel that so much. I just because I think the head coach is the offensive coordinator and I just I see a lot of the blame not being directed at the players, but at the coaching staff. And I think indirectly the general manager who got these players. It's it's like the example I gave you before or I was saying to someone recently. Chris Chris Weber once commented, you know, hey, sometimes when a guy's a number one pick in the draft, people get upset when they see that he's not as good as they thought he would be. And they really come down on the player. He's like, don't come down on the player. He's doing the best right. he can blame the guy that picked him. Blame the guy that mm-hmm. said he's number one. We all knew he wasn't number one talent. Right. Blame the guy that said he was. And I think that's what we're seeing play out here. You know, oh, Ryan man. pace is, is made this 
offensively, you know, this is his construct. He's been here way long enough for anything that was here prior to him being here to have been gone and no longer be here. So this is his baby. And it just looks like a pile of poo-poo. I mean, it just looks like a pile of crap. I mean, it, it's just, you know, throw the baby out with the, with the diaper with this one because it's just not good. And it it is becoming more and more painfully aware and obvious. And you can just ask Foles. It became even more painfully obvious to him when he got carted off the field Monday night. This is not working. I think Foles is okay. I think he said, you know what? No, I'm going to stay down here. Kind of like uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Cuba Gooding and uh, the, the Jerry Maguire movie. Would, yeah, 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 look, yeah, I'm just going to stay down there for I'm, a little bit longer. I'm, I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> Let me enjoy yeah. this. But, but he's like, I'm going to stay here until somebody gets me out. He's like, Cause, cause I, I, there's no way I'm going back out there. No, no hell no. <laughs> Hell to the no! I'm not going back out there because when he rolled off, he's like he's having a conversation. He's like, yeah, man, no, no, yeah, I'll see you guys. I'll see you guys at work, man. Right, man. He he had to do that to Tyler Bray though, man. He <laughs> did leave, not have to do that to him. Leave my Tennessee Volunteers alone. Man. Oh man. <laughs> bottle, bottle. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I know he's a volunteer. <laughs> why? Why is he here? Uh dude. You know what? I, you know, it, I, I was telling. Uh, one of the guys this the other day, I said, don't forget, he came from Kansas City with Nagy. So he's he's been here. He's been immersed in Nagy's offense longer than anybody. You know, you know he, he, so, remi- he reminds me of, and I always, man, I, I, I tend to always go back to the lovey years. I, I think because I, <laughs> I, I I love those, that, that, that oh. time. <laughs> it was good to be a Bears fan for, for a few of those years. Yeah, He reminds me of Jonathan Quinn. No, Remember okay. him? I do. Yeah, Jonathan Quinn or or Sinstrom's like the same guy. But yeah. <laughs> so Quinn Quinn came over from the Chiefs with um oh my Tate. god, who was John Tate, with, right? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the left tackle. Wait, wait, what was it? No, 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 no. Oh. coordinator. Oh, 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 um the guy um, that came over Lovey's first year. Right, 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 right. Um Oh God! I know who you're talking about. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm struggling right now, but yeah, I know what you mean that. I that forget guy. his name now. He came <laughs> over from Kansas City. Brutal. And so the Bears ended up having having their usual quarterback issues, and the backup he brought was Jonathan Quinn. And Quinn had been with the Chiefs for like seven years. He was, you know, career back. He knows the offense. And then he actually got in the game, and he is probably the worst quarterback I've seen start for the Bears ever. It was it was just man brutal. That that Thanksgiving uh, that Thanksgiving game in Dallas in '04 was probably oh <laughs> that that was the worst Thanksgiving uh, ever. Man, we we probably should have kept Chase, man. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> not not to get on your volunteer. But I'm sorry, man. But I, I there has to be another guy they can bring in as a third stringer. Because man, a couple of those. Well, he only threw two passes. They both will. Man. That's terrible. No, he threw three. He actually completed one. I'm sorry. Well, it looks like they uh they they said they are working out Deshaun Kaiser. I, yeah, I did I did see that. I don't know if I want that either though. Yeah. <laughs> Terry Shea. You talking about Terry Shea. Terry Shea, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, think about it for a moment. Yeah. Terry Shea. Yes. Uh you know, you know, bringing in Kaiser, you know what that means? What's that? Bringing in somebody that can run. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's all that means. That's all that means. Yeah, what, that's what, all what, that means, man. When the, hey. when the protection breaks down, and it give will yourself, give yourself two seconds and take off. <laughs> give yourself two seconds and that's take off, man. I, I feel that Terry Chavez, man. He man, I, Glenn, you remember this? He came, he came on um, 
he came on a show right after he got fired by the Bears. <laughs> like trying to get sympathy. Right, right. He's like, right. really, dude? Did you see your offense this year? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guy. Oh, yeah, that that was. But I'm glad we got a we got a bye, man. We can actually enjoy our Thanksgiving, not worry about a loss. Right. And uh yeah, yeah just yeah. just enjoy it, man. Enjoy the week. You know, and hopefully yeah. they can they can figure things out up at Alice Hall uh in time for their uh, Sunday night battle with Green Bay. Dude, just think I'm sorry, man. You you had you took me back. Just think about it. you Jonathan Quinn. We also had Craig Krenzel, I believe. And uh, I said Stenstrom, but I meant Chad Hutchinson. I think it was Chad Hutchinson. Chad Hutchinson was there. Well, Steve Stenstrom was a bear. You're right. He was. (laughs) I think he was before those guys. It was all the same guy. (laughs) It's just brutal. Moses Moreno. Moses Moreno. Uh, Um, Henry Burris. No, no, Henry Burris. Was that? No, that was Wanstat, right? Hey, Henry. Hey. No, no, Henry Burris. Henry Burris was. uh, He was. No, he was Duran. He He started the. Henry Burris started the Tampa Bay game in. In Champagne, oh. that was his one start. You know, Kerry Burris is a Hall of Famer in Canada. Actually, he's a member of this coaching staff. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's all full circle. Yeah, yeah. But Henry Henry Burris is a Hall of Famer in Canada, though. Oh yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I used to watch him. He when he was a, a Calgary Stampeder and a uh, he was a Ottawa Red Black. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I I indulge in some CFL every once in a while. You know, sometimes I like my <laughs> My football Canadian, nothing wrong with that. But yeah, we've had some bad quarterbacks. Yes, we have. Yeah, and it's I mean, continuing. I've made a, <laughs> I made a post that blew Facebook up, like about Jay Cutler has is the best quarterback of my lifetime. I don't know if anybody else's, but I know statistically, statistically he is. Statistically, he, he, he is. is that's, he is the best quarterback in Bears history. Yes, and, statistically and is. There's, there's no arguing that. And that's statistically. insane. And you have to remember. Leadership-wise, no. No. Oh, no, far, <laughs> far, far from it. You, you but have to... um, I can't, honestly, other than McMahon, I can't I can't name one quarterback that was better than Jay Cutler. Uh, better, no. No. I um, mean, Eric Kramer for a year. Had a nice year. Jim Miller had, had a nice year. year. Jim, Jim Miller, Miller had a nice, nice year, year in 2001. Mm-hmm. Um and what Steve Walsh in '94, ish, yeah, not statistically. And actually, per that se, was the yeah, but more. I mean, he was he was just able to man. He was able to manage games, right? And they won and, a playoff game on the road. To a playoff game, yeah, yeah. yeah they on beat the Minnesota, yeah, 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 on the road. But they, he wasn't better than Cutler. No, no, no. And it's it's just that's crazy, man. That is crazy, and yeah. definitely not Avellini, and definitely not Mike Phipps. So that's before uh, my that's before my time. And Vince Evans, I Vince Evans I don't was, remember. <laughs> Avellini or I remember I remember Evan see you know my my dad and my my mom talk about Vince Evans as a bear I remember Vince Evans as a raider <laughs> yeah when he was like 50 yeah 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 well his first 20 years in the league he was <laughs> early on he was with Chicago yeah out of USC I remember when the Bears got him I think it was either the third or the fourth round and I was just like wow hey you know black quarterback Chicago has one and and uh, unfortunately, Vince wasn't the most accurate. Sometimes he would kind of, you know, just just a strong arm. He would throw kind of high, but you know, he would get out of danger, and he would keep the chains moving, and he would give the Bears a chance. And that's probably what Deshaun Kaiser is going to look like—a modern day Vince Evans <laughs> running for his life, hey. <laughs> trying to hey, move the good. chains if he gets a chance. Good if he gets a chance, on, man. Vince, yeah. Vince Evans had yeah. a long career, man. Long yeah. career. I think it 
think I was in high school when he graduated. Like I said, when he graduated, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> that's gonna be an edit. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was in high school when he retired. I graduated when he retired. All right, the NBA draft was held last night, and our own GM what? predicted <laughs> the Bulls would take Patrick Williams. What? <laughs> I guess the Bulls brass was listening too. Hey, Man. you know, just saying. <laughs> uh, what's, what's, what's your motto? I ain't saying I'm right. I just don't think I'm wrong. Man, it's not <laughs> on, man. I, I got to give it to you. I got to give it to you. Um, so let's go through, you know what, let's go through just the top 10 picks real quick, and then mm-hmm. we'll come back to Patrick Williams. And then I have a a, a, a a small bone to pick with Chicago fans who acted a straight fool last night <laughs> on social media. So we, we'll 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 get back to that in just a second. But let's just go over, uh, just recap what happened in the draft. I think we all pretty much picked um, what the top three would be. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Edwards went to Minnesota number one. That made sense. Uh, James Wiseman goes. To Golden State. Now, here's a question with this uh, word out of out of uh, out of the Bay Area is that Clay Thompson has a torn Achilles and mm. will miss the 2021 season. What I, do they do? They stick with this plan here, or with this current uh, iteration of this team, or do you go ahead and blow it up at this point? So that's two years now you've missed with Clay. You don't know what he's going to be like uh, coming back in 2022. Why not just man, you know, trade maybe trade a Draymond, you know, keep keep Steph and try to go to the lottery again. Uh, I don't blow it up. No, I don't blow it up. Uh, as with the with the news on Clay going in, they uh, they I don't know if it's official. I know they were in talks of making a trade for Kelly Oubre. I mean, that doesn't put them over the top of anything of anything of that nature. But it but it helps them become a competitive team. Um I think they I what I do think, I think they should consider moving Clay when he comes back. That's what I think. I think they are a smart enough uh organization where they're looking at somebody and free agent to be or free agents coming up or looking to trade for someone big. They've, they've shown the ability to do that uh, over time. So I don't think they're going to give up on, on their, on their semi core. Now that one of those core pieces is out. If it's not Steph, I don't think they're going to blow it up. Like, even though clay is a major piece to that, but I think as long as they got Steph, I think they feel, if we can just get somebody else, one more person to just add to that, I think they gonna. I think they're gonna hang on to it. I don't think they move Draymond. So you say if that you makes say sense. Just hang, just hang on free agency. Yeah. And, okay. Even I, even if it's not this year, even if it's not this year. Um, I don't disagree with that. I think it's gonna be hard harder to move him after two significant injuries. Um, I think one of the things that well, it's weird, but having those injuries in a strange kind of way, I think will benefit the rest of his body in terms of giving it time to sort of kind of recover. 
Uh, he's played a lot of basketball, going to you know back to back to back championships and a lot of playoff games. Five um, in a row. Yeah, so this will give his entire body more of an opportunity to rest from the rigors of a basketball season. Although, again, two significant injuries. But You're talking about a, a right. torn ACL in the left and now a An Achilles torn Achilles on the right now. Uh, but but that being said, one of the, one of the things that really made him such a uh, an effective player aside from his ability to score and to score, you know, and, and, and bunches is he's a very good defender. I think that's the part of his game that's going to suffer extremely uh, mm-hmm. or extremely suffer because the lateral quickness will be gone. That explosiveness, so to speak, will be gone. He won't be dunking. I don't think anytime soon, if at all, but that offense and some of the players around him and his ability to shoot, I don't think that's going to going to diminish. And I think he can still be effective, but in a more limited role, I think having, um, uh, and the name's escaped me. I'm sorry. The brother from uh, Minnesota they got in the trade. Uh, Wiggins. Right. Having Wiggins. Wiggins can provide that athleticism that is going to be missing uh, from Clay. And having Wiseman is really going to help them out defensively. And the one thing I think no one really talks about, at least not nationally, maybe locally they do, but nationally no one talks about just how very good their defense has been and how their defense really helps uh, to get their offense on track and going and that they are much better defensive team than anyone really realizes having Wiseman is just going to uh, accentuate that even more and his athleticism can also help him getting up and down the field they'll just have to score differently and I think they have uh, enough of a cerebral outlook on things with their organization from the GM to the head coach that they can find ways uh, to win and, and, and ways that aren't that weren't the ones that we were used to which can make them an even much more difficult team to assess down the line so long way to say i think they stay the course um and i think they have to kind of because everyone knows about the injury so it's gonna be harder to, to move him along now uh, i i'll go, go ahead uh, man, go ahead i was going to ask uh gm what do you think about his mental state going going off of acl then it's, you, you're excited looking like you're about to come right. back right. and then tell your achilles you know clay like, Clay, man, Clay, you know, he benefits from his dad having been in the, in the NBA. You know, he, he comes from an athletic family. He, you know, there's a, and sometimes people take that for granted. They think, oh, okay, you're spoon fed, you know, you just got a silver spoon in your mouth. You're not that tough. No, I, I think sometimes you have to be even tougher because everyone, everyone's coming at you differently because of who your daddy was and, and what they think you have as far as being an entitled person. Mm-hmm. And Clay has a certain toughness. He doesn't, you know, he does. He's not a braggadocio type kind of guy. He's not all in your face. But he, I think he's a tough dude. So yeah, initially, mm-hmm. certainly he's going to be distraught. But I think his mental toughness is, is there, and I think he'll come back. And I think if nothing, if anything else, I think he's going to be even more determined to, to prove everybody wrong. I think he's built from that kind of metal. So I, I don't think. I think in the long run, and by long run, I mean by the time he's healthy to play again, mentally, I think he'll be ready. Um, mm-hmm. I think the part that's going to be difficult for him to contend with or deal with is he may have to be in a bit more of a limited role not in the same mm-hmm. vein that he was before that my I think that might be the tough part to deal with not the injury but dealing with my role in the team I think that's the part that gotcha. the, where the adjustment's going to come from I feel that I feel that 100% well, well I hope he's going I hope he's going to be okay and uh, comes back stronger than ever in 2022 because man I, I that that dude can play, man. Yes, yeah. yes, sir. That, sucks. that dude can play. That sucks. I remember that, that game. Sucks. He he came. He came to Chicago <laughs> and put up fourteen threes on us. But that was <laughs> that was a show. Yep. Yeah. But uh, 
But, yeah, so Golden State takes Wiseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, LaMelo Ball goes three to the Charlotte Hornets, <laughs> which I was I was sort of, I don't know, just maybe maybe just to for the ball effect. <laughs> I was hoping he would sneak down the floor. Right, right. But uh, but Patrick Williams goes four. And we go, yes. I would come back to Patrick Williams. <laughs> come back to that. Um, Isaac Okoro goes goes uh, five to Cleveland. Uh-huh. Uh, Onyeka Okongwu from USC, big boy. Yep, big boy, strong down mm-hmm. in, the, in the paint. Goes to Atlanta at six. Uh, Killian Hayes, uh, who played some pro ball in France, is uh, uh, goes seven to the Pistons. Pistons, right? Obi Toppin from Dayton goes eight to the uh, Knicks. to the Knicks. Knicks. I was re- I was really um, I'll, you know this goes back to COVID man I was really looking forward to seeing what he was going to do in, in the, the tournament. tournament yeah mm-hmm. same here because they were they were on a roll and I just I just wanted to see you know you know was he really that dude um, but I guess we'll we'll see now in New York see if he can uh, mm-hmm. he can live up to that um, Denny Avdija Avdija I've, no, no Avdija Avdija no Avdija Avdia. Avdia. Oh, okay. Avdia. Avdia goes not. I thought the Bulls were going to take him, but uh, he slipped down the nine to uh, Washington. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jalen Smith goes 10 uh, out of Maryland. Big boy. Right. Um, out of Maryland. Um, so now let's get back. The Bulls take Patrick Williams at four. Mm-hmm. And as soon as this pick comes down, <laughs> Chicago Twitter. Oh, my God. You guys are ridiculous. Ridiculous, man. Who is this guy? Which is fine. Okay, I'll give you that. Okay. But then you got the guy, eh, he came off the bench. He only averaged right. nine points a game. Yeah. Right. None man. of you guys have ever watched Florida State basketball. Exactly. So you don't know who this kid is. None of y'all, none of y'all watch. And if you tell me you do, you're lying. Yep. I know you are. Yep. Nobody watches Florida State basketball. Hell, nobody watches college basketball, regular season college basketball. Uh, nobody I do. watches. Okay, I, I, I yeah. do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, not, not, not in Chicago. You know, you know why I know? Because, because ratings for college basketball in the regular season are not all that great, man. They're not. They really yeah, aren't. They're not they're, great they're, at all. They aren't. Uh, here, I'm gonna yeah. give you. I got. I got just a couple stats here. All right. Can you can you guess who the top who the top five uh, markets that watch college basketball in this country are mm, Indiana or Indianapolis? No, not in the top five. North Carolina. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, there are Canada. two two North Carolina markets in the top five. Kentucky. Riley Durham is third, <laughs> and Greensboro is fourth. Okay. Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky. Yeah, number one. Louisville. Louisville. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is number one. All right. Kansas. We're missing. Kansas City is two because of the Jayhawks. Right. So that's four we have, right? Yeah, four. What's the what's number two? Glenn, you should know this. (laughs) I should. You should know this. Michigan. Close. Not Michigan? No, not Michigan. No. He said Memphis. Hmm. Close. Hmm. Uh, I feel so much pressure. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, west of the Mississippi or east of the Mississippi? <laughs> uh, that would be west of the Mississippi. No, excuse me, east of the Mississippi. I'm east sorry. Mississippi. I'm looking the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, you should know this. I'm 
assuming he's going to say Tennessee. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm no. gonna give it up. Yes. Knoxville, really? Knoxville, Tennessee is number two. That that's gotta, weird. that's gotta be because of Pat. Oh, women's, women's basketball. That's gotta be because of Pat. <laughs> Well, she's, she's well, no, this, this is for men. Rest, no, for men. Oh, 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 I thought you no, were just doing is, college basketball, period. Oh, no. wow. Actually, that, the number, actually, I'm looking at it now. They're actually number two for women's, too. That is weird. <laughs> wow. That is, that is weird. So I, don't, I don't know who and why they're watching. You know, maybe they're, they're big Tennessee I, and Kentucky fans. I don't know. Actually, I, here, I'm going to give you this, too. I'm going to give you this, too. One, two, three, four, five. The six highest rated games this year were both the North Carolina Duke games. Virginia at Duke, Duke at Virginia, Tennessee at Kentucky, and mm. Duke at Syracuse. Wow. <laughs> so the Chicago market's nowhere to be seen. At all. And Florida State's nowhere to be seen. So yeah. so none of you guys were watching to see who Patrick Williams was. So that's that's just I want to get on my soapbox. Hey man, that's give, that's give our tourist Karnashovis a chance hey, here, man. Hey, if that's, 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 made this pick. Hey, that's that's, right? that's that's key info though. That's key info. Give him a shot. That's all. That's all I want to say. But uh, Patrick Williams, I, I, you know, I only watched one. I, I, I watched one Florida State game. Mm-hmm. I actually one and a one and a and and an almost game. Right. But I was a I was about to watch uh, their ACC tournament. Can I? Can I? Can I? And it and it got it. They they were supposed to have the first tip off um, of that Thursday that that everything got shut down. Okay. And yeah, I was I was sitting there watching, and then they, they went down. So I missed my chance to watch Patrick Williams because of COVID. Hey, and can I add something to your to the rant you just gave? Oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> they they were the top team in the ACC as they well. Did. They and, did. Yeah. And, actually, and I did. What? Wait, 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 wait. I watched them get the ACC <laughs> championship trophy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 what is known to be. Arguably the best basketball conference in in yeah. in NCAA. So that's that's another thing to consider as well. So just want to add that to it. That's that's very true, very true. But uh, but yeah, Glenn, you I mean you you were on this last week, man. What 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 made you think this was going to be the guy? And I hate to sound you know trite and like everything else, but just his versatility. I mean he he has. You know, he's 6'8", you know, with a, like a seven-foot wingspan. So he's got those long arms, you know. But he just – when I watched him play, I'm like, this guy does a little bit of everything. And he's doing it well. You know, he's in the passing lanes. You know, he's reading where he needs to go for help defense. Like, you know, the one highlight we keep showing, a guy has a clear dunk from North Carolina. He comes out of nowhere and, and blocks it. Wow, yeah, I saw that. I'm like, okay. So, you know hey, – his yeah i actually edited that <laughs> yes you did yes you did <laughs> and so so i'm seeing the guy who has you know quick reaction time a guy who 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 doesn't wait to see if it's okay to make a basketball decision as they would say uh, i've seen him take shots where you know he realizes okay uh the loose ball is here my teammate picks it up let me float to the side where the area is open so i can make myself available for the shot gets the basket and steps into the shot. You know, he's not, he's not, there's nothing hesitant about his game. And that really struck me. Uh, and as, as I told you before, when I saw him play, I saw a couple of Florida state games, not because I was tuning into Florida state per se, but because of, you know, probably who they were playing. And I'm you were, watching you were the one guy that I was watching. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm watching, I'm like, I'm like, who's this guy, you know? And I'm like, man, he's like, he's like everywhere, you know? 
and he's stepping up. And I thought he was older than that because I wasn't, I didn't really pay attention to, you know, his face or, you know, how youthful he may have looked in his face. I was kind of going by his body type and his, his game. He has a, there was a mature aspect to his game, collegiately speaking. And I was just like, man, this dude's nice. You know, I wonder, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, he's everywhere. And so when I see that he's in the draft and, you know, do a little bit of, you know, looking at some other games that he played in and, and, and whatnot, I'm like, dude, this guy, and I'm not saying he's Scottie Pippen. I'm not, I'm not going there with that, but I'm saying in terms of what he avails himself uh, in terms of opportunities to be on the court and help the team, he, he's going to get some tick because he's that kind of guy. And I know we were hearing some talk yesterday that, you know, there's a little Jimmy Butler to his game. And I understand what they mean by that. That's a guy who's going to do whatever it takes to be on the court. He's going to win. He's not going to complain. He's going to put in the work. And he's the kind of person who's going to, he's going to earn your respect, you know, and guys are going to want to play with him because he's the kind of guy that, Hey, he'll pass me to rock when it's open. He'll cover my back. If I, you know, miss an assignment defensively. And those are a lot, those are a lot of the things that I saw. And I'm like, that's what this team needs. They need somebody who can get out there on the perimeter and defend. They need somebody who can run the floor, take the ball and go to the cup, you know, make an emphatic dunk or someone who's going to be able to help on a block or on a rebound or someone who gets to rebound and can lead the break or at least get the break. Uh, started so those are the things that I saw and I'm like this team could definitely use that and so I just felt like man he he would be a nice fit you know because he he brings athletically what Denny does not you know mm-hmm. and I, I think that's a big difference when you're talking about an NBA level and you have to compete against these teams and it's such a perimeter oriented game in the NBA you've got to be able to defend that perimeter you've got to be able to be versatile and I, it speaks to his skill set hey and just want to say something to Chicago, to all our listeners. That is a guy who actually watched this kid play, okay? Like, nobody can say, as as EZ said, stop acting like y'all saw this guy play. <laughs> you just heard from someone who actually saw him play. Now, this, for me, initially when when the, the call was made, I, 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 I was down. I was down be, because I I had three guys in mind. I just I just knew they were going to go after either Wiseman, Lamelo, hopefully, and, or Denny. I just right. I just thought they would. Now I will say after I calmed down and 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 remembered what you talked about last week, I'm like man, this could really work. And and on my end, I didn't see this kid play. Like and and then listening to you now, knowing that we really do have a very finesse soft lineup. Mm-hmm. Marketing is soft. Mm-hmm. Wendell Carter Jr. is soft. Levine mm-hmm. is a. You don't think so? You don't think? I, I, I think what, I think Wendell gets compromised because everybody else doesn't do their job defensively. He okay. Gets comp- he gets compromised, and he's out there just you know I got to cover the perimeter on defensively. I got to get back and cover the you know the rim defensively, and I'm, mm-hmm. that's two fouls you know in the first five in the first yeah. seven eight minutes of the game, and now he's he out had, the game. And, and what you say is being soft is him actually having to play tentatively now because yeah. I can't get that third foul in the first half. Got you, got you. But but bringing this guy in and just looking at his physique, it's like whoa, man, yeah, this guy, this boy, this guy's chiseled. He's chiseled, man, and he's only nineteen. Right, he's still growing. <laughs> like he's only nineteen. Like yeah. I don't, I don't think people realize that. And they talk about, you know, when he came off the bench, he was a freshman. He was a freshman <laughs> coming off right. the bench, and some, and some, and so, so like team, I'll, 
<laughs> on a team that goes like 11, 12 deep. Exactly. exactly. And he was only averaging three points behind the leading score. The leading score was averaging 12. He was averaging nine. On the number one team in the ACC. On the number one team in the ACC. Like, and that's what I'm telling people. They like, but I'm like, well, Marvin Williams was number two, but that team won the national championship. Okay, brings me to my next point. The fact that there was no postseason, that kind of killed a lot of the hype to this draft. True. Yeah, no yeah. postseason killer because, because that's when every that's when everyone watches back. Yeah, exactly. That's when everyone watches. It. Yeah. That's when everyone watches. Yeah. And point. so, great point. And so, and that's and that was that was the thing that came to mind when everyone was judging this guy. And then I bring up a Marvin Williams, and then I bring up a Devin Booker, and they like, but these guys was on, but but no, they had a postseason that you were able to tune in. Now, granted, North Carolina and Kentucky are teams that everyone tuned in to watch. But Florida State was the best team in what is known to be the best college basketball conference in America. Nobody like, was so, watching Florida State Clemson and, in January, and, and, and no one was watching. <laughs> like, and no, and no one was watching. So, like, you, we have people that's prejudgmental on them, and and never even seen the kid play. You looking at highlights. Everybody talking about, oh, man, all I saw in his highlights was him dunking. Man, if you look at these YouTube videos of these high school kids that y'all put on these pedal stools, that's all they do. That's partially that's my fault. I, 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 I picked them up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, sorry. But, 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 I mean, but that's that's all they do. Like, that's all they show is the the, the things that's going to get you excited. They're not going to show the, the skill plays, the – the defensive plays, they're going to show blocks, but they're not going to show you locking up on somebody. They're, not, they're just not going to show that. And so once I came, I'm like, man, you know what? This pick actually fits us. I, I, I would have liked Denny because I think offensively he would have gave us something right now. Mm-hmm. But but with this kid's ability, with his size and his physique, like I say, his ability to play defense on that wing and what he could potentially grow into as an offensive player. Right. The, the sky's the limit. I mean, at the end of the day, there's nobody that picked after us that was just as bad as us has a player that's going to change life for them. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, don't forget his ball handling skills, too. The mm-hmm. guy used to be used to be a, a point guard, you know, when he was in yeah. high school. And recently I was watching uh, some workout video he did where he's dribbling uh, with two balls. And it's like guard drills. And he was what he was doing. I was like, man, dude, that's like what I see Steph Curry do. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's that's not bad. And again, like you said earlier, Smoke. He's just 19. You know, offensively, yep. that will come. Remember, Jim, and again, I, when I use the Jimmy Butler example, it's more of his track in, in, in a way mm-hmm. in terms of getting on the field, on the court, I should say, and, and, and making uh, contributions and, and then having that offense come and that confidence come from your ability to understand uh, the game and, and your involvement in it uh, at, at a, you know, at a, a processional level bit by bit. Yeah, he's not going to come in and be the guy. And sure, at number two, three, or four, or five in, in, in the NBA draft. You want that guy to come in and, and be the guy. But our team is he, – he, it's not built for him to be the guy anyway. That's it's Zach's not. job at this point. Yep. You know, he needs to come in and be someone who can contribute and, and give you minutes. And like you said before, he didn't start, but was he on the court at the end of the game in a lot of those Florida exactly. State games? Yeah. Who, who's on the court in the last five minutes of the game? Who's making those contributions continually? That, that means something. You can start, but whatever. And I think what did you tell me about uh, – Antoine Kentucky. Walker as a as a freshman, uh, as a came freshman off the bench. came off the bench. <laughs> he was the best player on that team. Hmm. And he came off the bench, so you know that. Yeah, that, that I'm not worried about that. And and what it also shows me that this young man, uh, the way he, you know, he looks even a little bit 
even a little bit more. His, his tonality, shape-wise, seems to be even there a, a bit more. Like, I don't think he lost anything during the, the time off away from basketball. I think he's been working on his game. And I think what he showed during his workouts is what really convinced the Bulls, like, hey, this yeah. kid has a little bit more than we've seen, and he's been working on his game. If you've been working on your game mm-hmm. since, you know, this time off, that, mm-hmm. yeah, to me that tells me you're, you're mentally, you're, you're at a mature level to where you're all about getting better. You know, yeah, and, that, and- that that's true. That tells me everything because he could he skyrocketed up the the board like mm-hmm. every day his name was going up like every day. So it was like this kid definitely didn't sit back and and just take for granted that he put his name in the draft. He he worked. He right. worked, you know, and, and it says a lot. Like you say, it says a lot. Did you guys see any steals in this draft? Do you think? Hmm. That's a good question. That's a great question. It's it's hard to tell, obviously, especially nowadays we don't get to see these kids play or these young men play very much. Either they're coming from overseas or they play one year, you know, in college. It's hard to tell. But with that being said, um, I'm I'm kind of wondering if if Denny going to the team he's going to. Denny going to nine, going to Washington. Yeah, might help them out, you know. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Wall coming back and Bill, but I think his skill set, you know, he's not he doesn't have to he doesn't have to have the ball to be effective offensively. You know, he can be that third or fourth option, especially starting out. But I think he knows where to move on the court. So I think he can work and, and move around, you know, those two those two stars. Uh, I think it give give the the Wizards a little bit of offensive, uh, uh, a little more of an option offensively than what they've been used to. Uh, So they don't necessarily always have to depend maybe down the stretch. Clearly you go to wall and build, but during the game, especially when the second unit's in there, I think it can make a difference there. And in a conference like the East, as although it's gotten better, it's still not as good as the West. And there's still a lot of teams that are like still kind of figuring out who they are and what their identity is as a team. I think with two, uh, stars like Wall and uh, Wall and Bill, especially if they can, you know, coexist again. Someone like Denny can benefit from that, and the Wizards as a team overall could. Mine is uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Okay, uh, he went twelve to Sacramento. To the Kings. Yeah, there was a lot of buzz I was hearing about him last mm-hmm. night, mm-hmm. and you know, even I'm talking going top five. And yeah. He went twelve, so I'm a I'm a look at that. I'm gonna see what you know, uh, what it, what his game is like. I'm I'm intrigued by the Tyrese Maxey pick for the Sixers. I'm in, I'm intrigued by it. I don't I don't know if it's necessarily gonna be a steal, but I'm intrigued by it. Why are you intrigued? Because uh, what intrigues you about it? So I mean, granted, knowing that uh. Ben Simmons is the point guard, and I think they'd be fools to move him, but they have always talked about it. Like, there's always been talk within the media. Mm-hmm. Will they move one of those guys? And I also think he can be a very good backup to Simmons. Uh, and this is a team that's that's sort of in where, that where they can compete now. If, if they – if Doc goes over there and he – can get Embiid and Simmons. He can figure those guys out to where they can make this thing happen together. Uh, with this kid coming off the bench, he's pretty. He's pretty athletic. He can shoot the ball a little bit. Um, coming off the bench, I think 
I think he can really help them, you know, like being with the team he's on, being that that team is is a team that's pretty close, pretty pretty on the on the cusp of 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 making some noise. Not necessarily will they, but they they have the potential to. And so that's why I think he's intriguing. I, I'm I'm not I'm not too sh- I'm not really sure on the steal. This draft to me was was pretty weak, but I right. think that. But I, I like I said earlier, I really think that came down a lot to the fact that COVID just shut everything down. <laughs> yeah, and you couldn't and you couldn't and you couldn't really see these guys when you knew when you were going to be watching them play. Uh, so it's a lot of guys that I'm really not too familiar about, but uh, just just watching him, watching his his highlights yesterday, and you know he's he's one that caught my eye and intrigued me, and and with who he went to, it, it, it opened my eyes a little bit, and he's someone that I'm just I'm gonna really watch and see what he can bring to that team. Okay, all right. Well, the draft is done, and uh, free agency starts. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, yep. Or, wait, today, if you're listening to this podcast now. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, drops, it drops Friday, so yeah. So uh, we'll have some more, some more NBA news coming, coming soon. All right, the Cubs, the Northsiders, made some news this week in announcing that uh, team president Theo Epstein will step down and general manager Jed Hoyer will uh, will jump into his role. Uh, Theo, of course, came to the Cubs in 2011 after a successful stint in Boston. He helped um, kill the, the curse of the Bambino, <laughs> uh, won two World Series in Boston, then came over to the Cubs and uh, – and, and, Killed the, the the curse of the Billy Goat, uh, helping <laughs> put together the team that won the World Series in 2016, ending a 108-year drought. So, um, you know, man, it sucks that he's leaving. Uh, and I'm not. And let me put it out there, I'm not a Cubs fan, but I, I respect greatness, man. He's yeah. he's done that. Um, where do you think he stands in the rankings of uh, of front office guys in in Chicago history? Wow, Chicago history. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to say he isn't. Um, I think he's probably right behind Jerry Reinsdorf. Um, I, I'm sorry, that's more of an owner. I, I take that back. Jerry Krause. Right. Uh, you Krause. said no, no. I, I was thinking. Well, no, I was, you could put. You could put. I mean, Reinsdorf I was, is is a is heavily. Yeah, but he's he's heavily right. involved in 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 his team. So I don't. I, right. I wouldn't. I, I was thinking, I was thinking overall like winner. And when you said front office, I took everything in totality. I didn't just think GM. Um, okay. So that's kind of why I said the Jerry Reinsdorf thing. Um, but as far as general managers go, uh, man, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had to, I had to agree with you. He's number one because he did the impossible. Um, and twice, right, twice. right. And and I'm <laughs> thinking from, from Chicago's perspective, because you ask, you know, in terms of Chicago history, what does that place him? Well, yeah. well no, um, once in once in Chicago. Now you did the you're right. Well, I, I was, football, yeah, I was speaking on the impossible, right. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in terms of Chicago, um, it's baseball is very difficult to. It, it, they're all difficult. Don't get me wrong, but baseball. So many variables. I mean, yeah, the, the best team doesn't always win in baseball. Exactly, and you're, you're talking um, from dimensions of a baseball stadium, 
the variable being different to, to the wind, to how the grass is cut, to your players, to language barriers, to the, the, the pitcher of the day. I mean, there's so many variables in baseball. Um, it's, it's, it's difficult to have, you know, some type of consistency. He didn't just win in 2016 and that was it. I mean, they were averaging 90, what, 93, 92, 93 wins a, a game for several years. Five straight right, playoffs. Like 2013 right. or 2014 is when they started. 15, 15 was 15, when they started. 2015, yeah. 2015, yes. So, 15 so, is when they won or? No, no, 16 uh, is when they won. 16 15, when they won. 15 they got to the NLCS. Right. They that was the Mets. Okay, okay. Right. Yeah. So, so they so won. 15, it. 16, 17, 18, 19. Yeah. Right. So no, uh, no, no, they didn't make they didn't make the playoffs in nineteen, right? Right, right. They didn't make the playoffs in nineteen. Um, but so I, five I mean, out of six, right? I mean, but very consistent, and he, you know, he did it more or less with you know, the players that he was able to bring in. It wasn't like a whole lot of free agents, you know. It was more so either players through trades and and, and development of the players that were through their own system. No, the only I mean the only real free agents he brought in Lester. He Pitcher, brought in right. uh, he brought in a pitch. He brought in uh, Hayward. Right, he, and he, uh, the pitcher and we have he now brought in uh, you and Chapman and you, you Darvish, yeah, you Darvish, yeah. right. He brought in, uh, Chapman. but I mean, but I'm saying for the for the World Series team, though, right? Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Uh, he brought he brought Lester Hayward and um, the utility guy um, Zobris, Zobris, right, right. So, but uh, you know, I, as far as GMs, I mean, you know, Jim Finks is up there for me with you know how he constructed that, those Bears teams in the in the mid late eighties. Um, but you know, I mean, Jerry Crow actually, you know what, dude? A lot of people don't like crumbs. That's the the, 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 the the disparaging nickname that he was given by you know Bear or Bulls players. But Jerry Krause arguably might still be the best general manager. Arguably, uh, six titles. Well, not just six, but it was two different teams. Outside of Scotty and Michael, it was two mm-hmm. completely different teams. And you had two three-peats. Not like you won one every other year like the Spurs. You won them in bunches. <laughs> you had yeah, two three-peats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you had it two, you know, you had different coaches that you used. Uh, I know Collins wasn't there, you know, when they started winning championships, but he was there when the Bulls started becoming a playoff threat. So and to go from a really good coach to someone that ends up becoming arguably the second greatest coach or maybe even the greatest coach in NBA history. And I'm saying something, you know, you, you have an eye for talent, you know, and um, and I know it's a long answer to your question, but I, I I think Theo is he's arguably the GOAT as far as general managers, Chicago wise go. Um, but I think his legacy is going to be like what you said, Smoke. You know, he won two <laughs> in Boston mm-hmm. and one here. And he's like the curse breaker, if you ask me. Like, if yeah. he goes to the Hall of Fame as a general manager, they used to have a little <laughs> plaque of his name says the curse breaker. You know, <laughs> over 190, uh, 194 <laughs> years of curse breaking done by this guy here. You know? I wonder what, what's the next. He seems to be a guy that he needs to be challenged. Right? Oh, that breeze. Ooh, that, I got to take. Uh-oh. I got to take. Am I, am I, I leading you to that? See, this is yeah, – wait, wait, wait. Yeah. This isn't even planned. I, 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 I just I just I happened to, to throw that out there. Okay. I, you, you ready for it? Go for it, man. So, so one of my boys, he's a Cubs fan, diehard Cubs fan, and he brought this to my attention. He brought this to – what you saying you think Theo needs to be challenged, like – and then we talking about Chicago – what do you guys think of Theo being the GM of the Chicago Bears? 
do do we do we do is it because do we worry about the fact that he might not have a base a football background? Yes. Or yeah, that's that's a big thing. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say okay. no because I don't think he. I, I think could. He, uh, well, no, 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 no. You know what? You know what? I'm thinking about this. It's it's some. It, it was something to think not about. As I a, didn't... Not as not as a general manager, but okay. as sort of. And this is this is me thinking. Sort of a John McDonough type. So president of of operations. Yeah, yeah. He just mm. oversees everything. He brings in a general manager that that knows the. I can't. I can't argue that, man. So you're saying more as a an overseer, not so much of, of yeah, getting, getting the overall operations. So he, takes, he takes over for what Ted Phillips is doing right now. Hmm. Somebody, please. I could, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I could like I think I could see more of what you're saying uh-huh. is because I'm I'm sure in in the world he's in he knows some some football minds. Mm-hmm. And you know, and he probably I'm I'm gonna assume he knows some some football minds and some people that he that he has good good trust in and things of that nature. Like I can see I can probably see that. I wasn't I wasn't too sure about it. It was something someone brought to me. Like, you know, he and and his his reasoning was what GM said, the curse breaker. You know, <laughs> he's the curse breaker. Let's see if he can break the curse in another sport. It, it threw me off, but it was like, I'm not, I'm mean, not, I can't see it. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I don't think it happens. There's no way that that'll happen. But as a, as just a, uh, as a front office uh, manager, I, I can't argue that. I, he, I, he clearly he clearly knows what he's doing. Yes, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I, I, I'll say I this. I, I interesting, interesting. And but what you also said as well is as far as he, him needing a challenge, I see him more as moving towards the commissioner, be more of a commissioner for for, for Major League Baseball. Ooh, ooh. I, I can see that. And he has Boston. He's got that. He's got that market behind him. He's got that that history. He's got that kind mm-hmm. of you know, uh, caveat behind him with Boston and, and the, and the bull or excuse me, the, the Cubs, as far as being a person who won champion, multiple championships with two historic franchises. Uh, you got the Chicago market and you've got the East. I'll just say the East coast market. Cause when you're Boston oh. Red Sox, you've also basically dealing with the New York Yankees. They're so, in, they're so intertwined. Um, I, I, I would not be shocked if he is a, a future commissioner. I know he has relationships. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he was on good standing with uh, Boston. with Boston's ownership group mm. when he left there. With uh, what's his name, John Williams? Right. I don't know if they were in, they were in good standing. Now, um, uh, and then we don't know. I I assume that him and him and and the Ricketts are are on are on good standing. Um, so you have to wonder about that. But no, that. Yeah, I, that, um, I don't well, think anyone anyone would argue that he could he could do the job as, th- as a commissioner. Well, no I think I, I think more realistically though, I think uh, ownership, being a part of an ownership group, and just just enjoying the fruits of his labor at that point. Uh, 
Will that will that be enough of a? See, I'm telling you, I, he he seems to be a a, a guy more, that more nomadic that that, that yeah. wants the challenge. Yeah. More no, more yeah. nomadic. I gotta mm-hmm. I, I gotta bounce after so many years. I'm gonna bounce and try something else. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I can see that. I, I mean, you make he brought a good up point. he brought up the he brought up the um, I don't know if you guys saw his. I guess he sent the memo out before the news came out that he was going to resign. He sent the memo to uh, I guess all the employees of the Cubs and said, hey, you know. Uh, you know, I'm leaving the team, and he brought up Bill Walsh, and Bill Walsh said that uh, he once said that um, uh, uh, an executive of a sports team has a shelf life of ten years, mm. and then at at that moment, you know, it's time to you know get away from it, and then find out what the next challenge is, find out you know what's you know what's next in life, and you know, and go do that. You know, you don't you don't do the same thing over. You 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 do the next gig, you know. So, um, so yeah, I I don't maybe 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 owner maybe the ownership deal is is what it is. But um, well, yeah, he's a he's 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 an interesting dude, man. And I I knew when he when he got hired, I I just I was like, man, the Cubs are serious, they, right? And yeah, I, I had the same. I had the same. Kudos things. to him, man. They they got the job done. No, not as a White Sox fan, man. I, I hate to say it, but yeah, they 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 did it, man. Well, hey, hey, White Sox are, are in the process of doing this, so you know. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but hey, hey, I don't forget. Hey, I'm fine. I was actually, I'm that guy that I'm good with 05. I'm gonna mm. remember 05 for the rest of my life, and if they don't win mm. again, I'm cool because 05 yes. happened. Right. It, didn't happen. I it, saw happened. It. it happened spectacularly. 15 and 1, right? Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. The greatest post, teams post. ever. No, no, 11, 11 and they went 11 and 2. 11 and 2. Okay, post to post. No, right? 11 and 1. Excuse me, 11 and 1. Okay. 11 and 1. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking the Bulls were 15 and 1. Okay, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. 11 and 1. Right. Greatest post team post. ever. They went wire to wire. Wire to wire, baby. Post to post. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, well, say I'll, a little. I'll, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'll just say this one thing with, with uh, Epstein. Uh, you know, his great or his grandfather, uh, Philip G. Epstein and his great uncle, Julius J. Epstein, them, along with this guy named Howard E. Uh, Coke, wrote, they screen wrote, they co-wrote the screenplay for Casablanca, which won an Academy Award. So that's that's the stock he comes from. You see what I'm saying? So really? Yes. No, I can I just see I can just see him in his mind going Play it again, Sam. I can just see him. You know, he's he's not leaving baseball. He, he's gonna again, he, he's gonna do this again. <laughs> he, in some form or fashion, he's gonna be involved in another world championship. I don't know what the organization it'll be or if it'll be in an overall capacity with Major League Baseball, but he he's he comes from that kind of stock, man. So that that is incredible that there's that kind of success uh, that runs through his family. Of all the gin joints in the world. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Y'all, y'all don't know. I'm, I'm up on that Casablanca. <laughs> Why somebody's gonna Google it and say oh, that wasn't Casablanca? <laughs> that was that was from Casablanca, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. Uh, I, I of all know. the gin joints in the world, I, I love that line. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, man! Also, also in baseball news, um, we had some. Uh, um, some what do you call it? Glass ceiling breaking of a glass ceiling. There we there go. There you go. Uh, congratulations go out to uh, Kim Ang on being named the general manager of the Miami Marlins. Uh, she's the first woman and the first person of East Asian descent 
uh, placed in charge of a team in one of the uh, the major uh, four sports mm-hmm. in this country. Um, and if you take a look at her resume, now she yeah. probably should have been in this position long before long, this. Long ago. Um, she's a graduate of University of Chicago. Shout out to the Maroons. Mm-hmm. Uh, she played softball at, uh, at UFC. Uh, she interned with the White Sox right out of college uh, and then was hired by the White Sox as assistant director of baseball operations. Uh, she did that for a few years. Uh, she then worked in the American League office. Uh, she was basically she approved all of the transactions that happened within the league. Um, then Brian Cashman scooped her up. She she got the job of assistant general manager of the Yankees, winning three rings there while, while with the Yankees. Um, she was then hired by the Dodgers as VP and assistant GM. Uh, she spent many years there. And then uh, since 2011, she's been the senior VP of baseball operations for MLB, and she's worked directly with uh, Joe Torre mm-hmm. um, with her time with the league. But yeah, she this exactly. clearly should have should have happened long ago, and I'm sure she's man. I mean, she's she's dealing in probably the 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 biggest old boy network yeah. that's <laughs> out there, man. And that, that's right. that's got to be tough, man. And she she she's dealt with it. And uh, hey, she's she's a general manager. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's 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 big time. Um, like you said, this Major League Baseball is the good old boy league, you know. And so to to have this happen, and and to see her resume, it's like how is this just now happening? Um, it, it's 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 big time. It's big time. It's definitely groundbreaking. Um, it's not like they're. It's not one of those situations where it's like they're just doing it to appease to the masses of the world and you know no. showing that they that they that they're about you know giving women a chance. No, she actually earned this <laughs> earned this position. She's the resume speaks for itself, and I mean, and it and it says a lot as to who hired her. You know, clearly Derek Jeter. You know. Hey, it's- it's it's hilarious to me that when when Jeter first took over the Marlins, mm-hmm. oh he was just getting crushed, getting killed. What is what is getting, he doing? Getting killed. He got rid of Stanton. He got, got rid of, of he got rid of everybody. He got rid but, of uh, but, my man. But they wasn't making any money. Um, uh, they paying Yelich. these guys all that money. He got, he got rid. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they paying all these guys these money. What and, is he and, doing? This is and, the, the worst team in baseball. And, and now you look. A, you look what. Two year, two and a half years later, man, they in the playoffs. In the playoffs, right. making yeah. moves, man. Yeah. My man, Derek Jeter. My God. Um, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> uh, exactly. Oh, I, yeah, that, that's I gotta, your boy. I, <laughs> go, 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 go ahead, and I, I got, I got a Derek Jeter story. I was, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. All right. So, not to, not to name drop or anything like that. Well, let's get this wouldn't be name dropping. All right, so. Um, I was at, uh, at the time, U.S. Cellular Field uh, for a Sox-Yankees uh, pregame, right? I was actually getting, uh, getting Joe Torre for an uh, interview for Joe Torre. Not Joe Torre, Joe Girardi okay. for our show, right? So I go to, go to the Yankees clubhouse, and I walk in, and, man, it's, it's the New York freaking Yankees, man. And I don't even <laughs> – I hate the Yankees. But, but there's like this – this glow in the it's aura in the clubhouse, aura. man. You got A Rod is over there, and, and Mariano Rivera and Posada, you know, all those guys, right? So we get the interview, 
uh, done with with um, with Girardi. So I'm I'm leaving, right? So I I go out go outside of the clubhouse in in the in the corridor at U at USA for now guaranteed rate field, right? And I'm walking down the hallway and I'm by myself. And up walks I see from a distance. I'm like, wait a minute, that's that's Derek Jeter. <laughs> I, play, I play it cool, right? I'm, I'm, I'm walking, you know, minding my business, you know. And using this, and Glenn, you can attest it because you you worked in this business. A lot, a lot of athletes are, you know, can be standoffish at times, and they're very aloof, extremely and, aloof. Yeah, yeah. So we get to within uh, within about ten feet of each other, and you know, we make eye contact, and Derek Jeter says, "Hey, how you doing?" <laughs> and I'm shocked. So I played it cool. I said, I'm doing well. How about you? He said, I'm doing well. All right. Man. They were just no... sign and that was it. We walked man. off right. And I played it I played it cool, man. Man, that would have been the toughest time. I'm not I'm not one to get star. I don't usually get star. I've been I've been starstruck. Maybe I, I was starstruck the first time I saw Frank uh, when I was an intern at, at CBS. I went to the White Sox clubhouse and Frank Thomas walked. This was in, in 2000. And I, I, I haven't told Frank about this. And, <laughs> and I, was, I was just, I was in all like, like my mouth dropped because, you know, that's, that's who I grew up, you know, wanting to mm-hmm. idolize. So that was, that was the, that was one time I was starstruck. <laughs> but I played it cool with Jeter, right? I got to the car. And I was, I was like a little, like a little teenage girl. I was like, God, that was Derek Jeter. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget that. Uh, that I'll never forget that. That's my Derek Jeter story. Man, that's insane. I wish to have a story like that, man. Oh, man. Well, I tell you what, I, I, I would be completely, I don't know if awe is the word, but I would be humbled to meet uh, Miss Kim, Kim Ang. Um, to Absolutely. me, she, you know, it, it's, dude, it is, it is so crazy. As a matter of fact, I, I, it's, it's just entered my on, on my bucket list because for various reasons. Now, as you know, my birthday was this past Monday, right? That's right. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank, thank you. Thank you, fellas. Appreciate that. Kim Ang, her birthday is exactly a day after mine on the same year. We were born the same year. She's a day, I'm a day older than Miss Ang, okay? Or Mrs. Ang, excuse me. Um, and she's born in Indianapolis, Indiana. So she's in Midwest. She's born in the Midwest. I'm like, man, it's right, just too much, right. too much kismet going on here. <laughs> um, but I think the fact that she has persevered uh, the way that she has with dignity and professionalism and dealing with, you know, so many different isms. You know, we all, the three of us have dealt with, you know, definitely dealt with racism on various levels, but she has to deal with that along with sexism. Um, and, and, and in the field and the arena that she's in, like you mentioned the good old boy network. Uh, but here's a person who, after several attempts to be a GM at other places and, you know, lost out at those opportunities still kept within it and didn't let it deter her. And it was something that someone said once I kind of stuck in my mind and it was a former Broadway uh, star, uh, I believe her name is a uh, Ruth Gordon. And uh, what she said was there are no failures on Broadway, just people who gave up too soon. I was like, wow, wow, that's deep, you know, that's deep. And that, and that, that, that represents, you know, to me, Miss Ang, you know, she, she could have given up, she could have stopped and she could have had a, you know, even 20, 25 years into her career, it would have been a great career. You know, I mean, who can say they've been a part of three world championships, you know what I'm saying? With the Yankee organization, you know, she's, she's come through several organizations that are, you know, MLB, 
you know, been in the major league since like almost at the onset of the league with the White Sox and the Dodgers and the Yankees, you know, but she kept with it. And, and, and now she's able to to uh, to show some fruit born from the work and the strife that she's had to deal with over this time. And um, I just think it's a testament to her as a person. And it just she's really to me just so interesting to, to kind of come through all that and maintain, uh, you know, who you are and not lose. You didn't have to, you know, really acquiesce or, or you know, go away from what made you you. You just had to persevere through all the BS in front of you. And I think that's just phenomenal that she was able to do that. Um, so, yeah, I, I just I thought that was just so cool. And then Joe Torrey said it best. You know, he's like, you know, at some point, someone just has to ignore the fact that she's a woman <laughs> and just make a baseball decision. And that's exactly yeah. what Jared Dieter did. And uh, she also worked on one of his arbitration cases. So he he he, was, he knew about her. You know, he, he's like, hey, she's a she, she's a superstar. You know, oh, just, she tried she, she tried to take money from him. Um, I'm, I don't know if she tried to, but, but, you know, he, he, you know, you, sometimes you can gain respect from your, 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 your adversary, you know, yeah. so to speak. She, uh, she, he, he only hit 305 last year. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, and what, she, what she, more does he want? Hey, she won an arbitration case. I don't know if it was her first one, but she won one uh, representing the White Sox. And that's, she was Alex in her Fernandez. I right. Alex Fernandez. Exactly. That was when she was in her twenties, you know? So, so, you know, she, she's, uh, she's, Definitely, like you said, she should have been at that spot years ago. Uh, but sometimes we are where we're at when we need to be there. And I think in this year, this year in particular, with everything that's gone on this this year, 2020 has just been crazy. But just think about it, boys, guys. In this year, we've seen a woman of color become the vice president of this country and a woman of color become, or ethnicity, if you want to say, become the first female uh, general manager of a major league baseball team, the oldest professional sports uh, in this country. Uh, I think that is just phenomenal. Yeah, time, times are changing, man. We're seeing more and more women in the NBA getting getting giant opportunities uh, as assistant coaches. Uh, it's only a matter of time before that breakthrough come. We, we, we're seeing we're seeing some yeah. change. But I just I'm seeing some change in this year with the crazy stuff that's going on this year, yeah. 2020. Yeah. I'm like, like if that happened, like yeah. when Obama was in office, I'd have been like, OK, I can kind of see yeah. that. The yep. way this year's played out and as many ugly things have come to the forefront, you know, right. socially and politically this year, to see this actually happen was just like, wow, okay, somebody was able, able to look past, you know, all those things that shouldn't matter and just made a decision that did matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was really man, that was really good news to hear, man. When I when I heard I was I was thinking, I was like, wow, that's mm-hmm. that's amazing. Because it we've we've never heard that. The next one, I'm I'm ready for a a a, a coach. Yeah, a woman coach. coach, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm ready for that one. So that's gonna be in basketball. You thinking? Probably, but I mean, why why not why not in baseball too? Wow, that, I, I mean, I, I would not see that coming in baseball. Yeah, never. I, I, I'm saying never. I'm not saying I think, never. I just I, like I, of the ones that gonna happen first. I don't see baseball. Well, being not first. Probably. Yeah, you're right. You're right. First, first, first will be basketball. You're right. But it's. I mean. I mean, you got you you, you have a woman GM. Why oh not? yeah, yeah. Why not? All right, let's get into our quick hit segment. Cue the sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> until until we get something else, man. We 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 got to make some money first, so we can get a real <laughs> a real good sound effect. Mets second baseman Robinson Cano tested positive for PEDs and will be suspended for the entire 2021 season. 
Uh, of course, in 2018, he tested positive and was suspended for 80 games. So that's two. His next one, I think that means that's three strikes you're out. You're gone for good. Mm-hmm. But um, how does this affect his legacy? I mean, is you know he's had a really, really nice career, um, borderline Hall of Fame. I mean, if he plays, he's 38 now. If he plays a couple more years, he could get to you know one of those. Um, you know, I think he's got like 2,600 2, hits. He could get to that that Hall of Fame status. Mm-hmm. Is, is that is that over for him? Yes. It's over. It's over. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's over. I mean, it was borderline because of the first one, mm-hmm. uh, but this one uh, definitely. I mean, look, man, you you. I mean, you're you're basically at this point saying, I'm just want to get as much money as I possibly can and live as well as I can, and anonymity because that's exactly where he's going to fall through to is the cracks of the floor into anonymity, the abyss of anonymity. I mean, that was just ridiculous to do that. I mean, he, he lost all respectability um, and he lost a lot of people's respect because of a second decision like that. I mean, you can explain away the first one probably to your boys and to the people around you, people who care about you and so on and so forth. But the second time, nah, sorry, dude. I, I don't get, I mean, okay. I understand you, you know, you're chasing that money and he's probably chasing stats, mm-hmm. but You've got a guaranteed contract for two more years at at twenty plus million a year. <laughs> Why? Uh, Why ruin hey, that, man? I don't, uh, I, that makes no sense to me. Hey, these this is what this is what I call rich people problems. I just don't understand it, man. I, I mean, I'd be man. I'd be cool with the gang. <laughs> knowing I got I got forty some odd million dollars coming my way, man, if guaranteed. I just chill out, yeah, yeah, guaranteed, yeah, I, man. It's, this just stay is... on the roster. Hey, wait, it's guaranteed. Yeah, they can't cut yes. me, right? That's yes. baseball. Baseball money is guaranteed money. <laughs> Best no union in all what. professional sports. Unreal. Baseball money is guaranteed. Like, and this one is this one is rough for me as a fan because. Other than Jeter, Cano was 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 my next guy. Oh, that's right. You being, are that he, being that being that he was a former Yankee, and you know that middle, middle combination of, of him and Jeter, and and I just he he played the game with such arrogance to me that I loved it. And as a Chicago guy, being from Chicago, I never missed a Sox Yankees game, and and one of the highlights for me was always getting to those games early and watching Jeter and Cano play catch along the right field foul line. It was just something that I really enjoyed watching. And uh when he he left, it really it, that was that was rough of me when he left, but I'm like you got to get your money. And then when he failed that first test, it was like, "Come on, man. Not you." <laughs> you know, not you. It, you know, it's like it's certain people you just hope never to hear that about. And for me, he was one of those guys. He's one of those guys that I always wanted to, you know, have that moniker being that he did it the right way. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, he's a Dominican-born player. You know, that's something that they're kind of known for doing, you know. But but I just, you know, being a homer, being a Yankee fan, being a homer, I'm like, man, he ain't, he, he ain't do that. He ain't going to do that stuff. And then when he failed the first time, I was like, oh, man, oh, well. It is what it is, and now this time, it's 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 a complete downer, and it's like, man, any any hopes of any type of 
post career accolades is is gone down the drain. He he has no chance of of making those type of legacy uh, impacts on his career. He will still to to most fans be a great player because a lot of fans, including myself, don't really pay that much attention to you know the the steroids use as being like oh man that made that player like i i look at it as these players are are very talented it's it's very hard to get to major leagues like uh and the game is still see ball hit ball in my eyes mm-hmm. uh do give you some advantages but at the same time it's like man like a guy still can ball you know so it's it's a lot of people like that that's going to look at it in that aspect like the guy is still one of the greatest players to them but it, it hurts. It hurts him. It hurts him bad. And I mean, I I'm not even confident enough to say he's not gonna do it again. <laughs> wow. Like it's I mean, it's well these the question, guys, the these question guys is he's care. got the question is he's got after this year, I think he's got one year left on his deal. Will the Mets even bring him back? Would I just eat the cost? Because I mean they're they don't have to pay him now. Right, because mm-hmm. he suspended. So but this right. year, he yeah, he forfeits. That's twenty some odd million that off the books. That, you that helps. Yeah, <laughs> I'm they, sure they, they might be happy about that. Right, mm-hmm. I'm sure we can do something with twenty million. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you said everything, Smoke. I mean, you you hope that it doesn't happen. You know, I I think uh, I think we did something where um, uh, our third baseman, the name's escaping me, White Sox third baseman, Makata. Uh, Makata's like Makata, huge fan of Cano, just like you know, kind of like mm-hmm. you know, a kid, you know, just looking at him like, wow, like it's it's Robinson Cano, um, and he, you know, idolized him. And so, what does that do when you see your idol have a precipitous fall like this? You know, because yeah. once the snake is on you, but the twice, the second time, I mean, once, okay, the second time, you know, those excuses don't work again. You know, it's a very mm-hmm. same mistake. Especially where one where not only does it cost you, you know, uh, your status and, and how people see and view you, but it's you, you, that's money, man. That's twenty million dollars yeah. gone, dude. You you're not going to recoup that again. Um, so it just, you know, I guess it just proves to me that common sense just is not common. <laughs> you know, it's just not common. That's all I got to say about it. I I just it's 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 disappointing. And I just, you know, it's just like, man, dude, like, how are you doing that? How are you letting that? that second chance go to the extent and that you know it's difficult when an individual has an addiction and you know we can that's a whole different discussion and and we can debate those those aspects of it but with the addiction to 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 some degree you you can understand that the person's you know the way that they process and the way their mentality is has been affected by that addiction this, from what we understand, steroids isn't necessarily an addiction. It's more, this is a conscious choice. And you made it the second time around, which means that you've been doing it. You just got caught. Right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so it wasn't like you just did it. Like, you know, I think I'll try steroids today. Oh, man, I didn't know the day was going to drop. No, you've been doing it for several days and weeks and months. So, you know, did you even really stop after you got caught the first time? Probably right. not. I got so, them now. Right. They'll so, never catch me. Right. They'll never catch yeah. me. So that's why it's even more disappointing because you realize you didn't just get caught this day. You you know, you, you didn't just do it today and you got caught. You've been doing it for some time and got caught. So anything you say now, I'm like, I'm not even buying it. And I, I don't think he's a horrible person. I'm not saying that, you know, he's the worst human being in the world. It's just it just brings about a sense of disappointment 
and it, it kind of you know you it's that one little blow to to the to, to belief in humanity that the, you know a person's going to make the right decisions all the time and clearly clearly not yeah. all right speaking of the steroid era Mm-hmm. Uh, the 2021 Baseball Hall of Fame ballot was released this week. I'm just going to go down the list and you guys say yes or no. Mm-hmm. Bobby Abreu. No. Nope. Barry Bonds. I wish, but no. Yeah. No. Uh, so what's your question? Is he is he a Hall of Famer or will he make right. it? Will he make it? <laughs> Okay, no. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes, without yes. a doubt. I mean, he's yeah. a Hall of he's a Hall of Famer pre nineteen ninety nine. That's yes. You know what he did now. My argument is what he did between ninety nine and two thousand seven. I mean, it, it was it was just it was too unnatural, man. He hit like <laughs> three hundred home runs after the age of 35 and that, it that, just all it just all came together as it just all came together okay all right. it, it all slowed down for him it just it all it was synergistic it just I'm all sorry, coalesced I, at the I, same time that's wild <laughs> mark burley nope no nope perfect oh, game man dude look at his numbers dude he, he's not he doesn't even have 2000 strikeouts no 200 and what, what 13 he, wins he, I, he, won, you, he you, won 214 Oh, I'm sorry. I was one off. 214 wins. <laughs> you know. I mean, no one have... seriously though, no one's going to win 300 again. I am not saying you have to, but you know, it, it wouldn't be 250, at least have over 2000 strikeouts and, you know, in the other accolades cuz winning a World Series, you know, that's a team, it's a team sport. Uh doing a no-hitter, as much as that's an individual accomplishment in a lot of ways, you still need wise to make that catch. You still need your team to play defense behind you. He came in and got a save in the World Series drunk. Oh, Fantastic. And that those are great urban stories. And I will enjoy those and laugh and chuckle and guffaw with the rest of the world. But that doesn't make you a Hall of Famer. Okay. <laughs> AJ Burnett. No. No. Nah. Roger Clements. No, asterisk mark should be, yeah. Uh, Michael Kadire's on the list. We all know that's a no. No. Dan Heron, no. No. Uh, Latroy Hawkins, no. No. On the list of, hey, what? With the look of, you got me going in to do what? He's he's, the, <laughs> he's got the he's in the Hall of Fame of like uh. Hey man, <laughs> hey, hey, shout out, shout out to Latroy Hawkins, he's a GI yeah. man, Gary. And hey. Hey man, I, I do no, most mad respect for him, but the look he had on his face when they said, uh, "We need you to go from being middle relief to be the closer." <laughs> he had a he had a Scooby Doo look like. What are you talking about, Shaggy? He did not want to go in there. He did not want to go in there. Oh, man. That's not right. Todd Helton. Nope, not no. long enough. He, if he kept that another five years, maybe at that early pace, but at no. that pace. Mm-hmm. Tim Hudson. No. No. Tory Hunter. No. Not. Not. Now, here's, an interest, here's an interesting one. Andrew Jones. Nope. No. No. Hey, he's in the Hall of Fame of great gold glovers. If you talk, if, yeah. if defense were a, such a, if defense mattered as much as offense, or even close to mattering as much as offense, I would consider it. But offensively, just doesn't have the numbers. Not not in the outfield position. Uh, Jeff Kent. No. No. Andy Pettit. I, I know Smoke's going to say. That's borderline for me. 
that that's that's a tough one. He's he has PD background, right? So you know, like he's the one that I think they are going they will forgive. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see it happening. Well, if you let hey, you let Pettit in, you gotta you gotta let Clemens and, and Bonds in, and Sosa. Uh, maybe maybe not. Um, I think I think Andy Pettit and A Rod. Hell no. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think Andy Pettit was the most reticent when it happened, and he like fessed up more so. And I think respectfully, and he's the kind of person you know, as opposed to Cano, where I would believe that. He probably didn't do it again, or he probably did it mm-hmm. for the reasons of I just I, my I'm I'm so injured I'm trying to yeah. get back. Not so much I'm trying to enhance my athleticism or my because ability. He, Andy Pettit, he was never a, a a guy that was gonna blow you away, right? So like his steroid use wasn't like something that, like uh, GM said, wasn't a wasn't something that he you can say he was using to enhance his. His abilities, it was more so recovery. I right. Think. That's what I believe, too. And so that's why I think he's borderline. Plus, you know, his, his postseason was he was so dominant in the postseason. I think that those that's a little bit of a separator. You know, he had a lot of opportunities yeah. in the postseason. Um, but I say borderline. But you like like kind of to your point, Ezra, it, it, if, if allowing him in, does that open a door for the Sosa's, hey. Bonds, and Clemens of the world? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll hold the line, but you let one in, you got to let them all in. I don't think Sosa get in at all. I, I think you should let them in. I think you should let them all in, to be quite honest with you. I mean, look, man, look, look, Sosa, even in the era of the steroid era and doing everyone hitting home runs, people still wasn't doing what he did. I mean, 60 home runs three years in a row, you, you ain't going to never see that, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's incredible, Yeah, you know. Um, but, but yeah, but no. Anyway, next name. <laughs> Aramis Ramirez. No. No. Manny Ramirez. No. No. Unfortunately. Too many spe- wow. too much too much speculation that he's doing the same thing. Scott Rowland. Uh, you know what? Eventually, because they're just gonna need somebody, mm-hmm. but that's the only mm-hmm. reason. But, he, but I, I, you know, it, it, Larry Walker got in. So that opens a door yeah, for the Scott Rollins of the world. Yeah. And I think Scott Rowland gets in because Larry Walker got in and because they're just hard pressed to find somebody else to get in that's not steroid related. Seven-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glove winner. Not yeah, bad. Not bad. Yeah. It's, it's, right. it's close. Here's it's one. Close. Kurt Schilling. Now, he's in the Hall of Fame of of jackasses. I, I, he's definitely a Hall of Fame <laughs> jackass. I, um, I, I, don't, I don't agree with his politics, and, yes. and you're right about that. But, but yes, I think he'll – On the field, though, be, man, he was – Yes, yes, I think he'll be the one. Man. Yeah. Yeah, it's he. He's he's a. It's a good chance for him. Mm-hmm. I think it's he a got good like chance for him. He got like seventy percent of the votes. I think last time too. I think mm-hmm. or something like that. So yeah, I think I think he'll get in. This might like, be the year. Did he get seventy percent? I think he. I think he did. Let me look at that. Uh, um, uh, he got. Yes, you're right. Seventy percent on the dot. Yes. Yeah. But here, here's my question. Let me before you get to the other names, and I would I, I want to know why why isn't this guy in the Hall of Fame already? What Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield. Actually, why is that, he? actually, it's it's interesting you say that. He's next. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I was man. That's crazy because I was I'm looking at it as you as we we're talking, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Why isn't Gary Sheffield in there? His OPS is like ninety or like a point nine zero something. Five hundred nine you know? home runs. Yes, and look at me stolen bases. You know, I'm like, uh, you know, he got, 
what did Gary Sheffield get last yeah. time? He only got thirty and a half percent last. Uh, time. That's crazy to me. And I'm he's like in his seventh year. That's I, I don't. I don't. I don't get it because, from what I understand, I don't think steroids have been attributed to him. I think a lot of baseball writers probably didn't like him. You know, I don't. Yeah, he had he had a bad relationship with with reporters, and that's what I hate, man. It's like, look, dude, leave leave your personal. You're supposed to be professional. Leave how you might think about the person, feel about the person, because you didn't get along with them, or because right. he didn't kiss your butt when you were interviewing him after a loss, or he thought your question was idiotic, which it may have been. You know, let that out, leave that out the front door. Let let that you know, leave that in your house. Put that in the garbage bag. Take it yeah. out and put it in the backyard because that doesn't matter when it comes right. to assessing his abilities and his contributions on the baseball diamond. Was he great on the field? Nine-time nine All-Star. Uh, Over 2,000 hits. Yeah, 509 home runs, yes. 1,676 RBI, mm-hmm. 35th all-time in total bases. How about that? And he won a World <laughs> Series. Uh, what's the problem? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't get it. Why is he? And he don't, he doesn't have the the PD use background no, and speculation, no, right? No, no, that I know of. Right, that, I don't know of it either. So it's like, why not? Like, may, maybe this year is the year. We'll see because it's a, right, so it's a lot of names. That's that one though. He only he only got thirty percent of the vote last year. But yeah, that, that, that hurt. That, that hurt. is weird to me. All right, here we go. Keep going down the line. Sammy Sosa. Nope. Yeah, no, nah, man. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> Nick Swisher. <laughs> man, please. No. How is his name even on the ballot, dude? Man. Uh no. Shane, Shane Victory. And I only laugh because he's a former White Sox and, and <laughs> he didn't do much when he was with my team. Though he he, he was he was all right as a Yankee and as an A. Yeah. Right. Uh Shane no, Victorino. Shane worthy. No. Shane, no. Uh, Omar Vizquel. You know, I, I, I would put him in the Hall of Fame, but it's not because of his statistics. And unfortunately, shortstops have been knocking the ball out the ballpark. So mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't he doesn't even have the offensive numbers or the accolades that Derek Jeter has. But he was a hell of a shortstop, hell of a gold glove shortstop. Wow. One of those I'm, do I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that he does because then I can say former White Sox Omar Vizquel. <laughs> right. But I just – you do baseball guy smoke. What would you about to say? Yeah, I, I'm just saying I would love to see him get in. I mean, I'm just I'm a big fan of him defensively, mm-hmm. but I but we all know this game is all about offense. Uh, that that's probably what's going to hold him out. Yep. Uh, where are we at? Billy Wagner. Nope. No, nah, dude. And Barry Zito. Nope. Nope. So we have one Gary Sheffield that should be in, yes. and a possible in Omar Vizquel, and that's it. Oh, Schilling. No, we have Schilling. Schilling. Oh, Schilling. Schilling, yeah. Schilling. Okay. Right. Schilling is right. most likely. Okay. Yeah, most likely. Most likely jerk to get into the Hall of Fame next, yes. He's going to – yeah, he's, he was at 70 last year, and is this – how many years does he have left? Probably about oh, he's got. No, he's got, he he's got five. Yeah. 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 This is this is his 10th year. Yeah, he'll, he'll make it. Left, so yeah, he'll, he'll make he'll, it. He'll, he'll be in this year. Barry Bonds got Barry and and Clemens both got uh, the 50s, right? 60. They got yeah. Clemens got 61 and Bonds got 60 last year. Get so close. That says that it should happen. It may it may not be to year 15, but you need, need a couple of, need a couple of these uh, cantankerous, curmudgeonly 
writers, sports writers, back when there were newspapers, uh, to kind of like you know fall off the voting block here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so some of these younger guys, yeah, some of these bloggers, guys, you know, there, bloggers there are guys. I don't, I don't know if it's if it's the if it's the case right now, but there were a lot of guys that were former baseball writers that weren't writing anymore and kept their vote. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, wow. Teddy, Teddy Greenstein's one of those guys. Really. I think so. I think he kept it for a while. He wasn't really really a baseball writer. Well, he, he I think he was a he was a beat writer for the Cubs for a long time. Yeah, okay. He's for more a while. college. Right. Yeah. He's more college he's, football. He's a college football guy. Right. Now. Now, now he's a he's a he's with the gambling uh one of yeah, the he's with uh uh points bet, right? I think so. One yeah. of them. Teddy Greenstein, good dude, man. All right. And uh all right, let's go to the pick segment. All right, each week we're going to do a uh, a pick 'em segment, test our knowledge of sports handicapping or lack thereof. <laughs> and uh, let's go back to last week. It looks like I finished number one, two and one last week. I had a, I had a good week. Uh, Smoke, you finished one and two. Uh-huh. And GM, you went yeah. over. Uh, yeah, 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 it's, it's GM. It's not, uh, <laughs> it's not odds maker. Okay. <laughs> Uh yeah, well, I think y'all looking at the wrong way, man. I was one hundred percent. Okay, <laughs> and if you went against everything I said, you were one hundred percent winner. Wow, <laughs> it's all how you got to spin it, baby. It's all how you look I at it. You. All right. <laughs> so uh, since you were the last guy, let you you're going to go first. Today. Sure. Yeah. Just remember, do opposite of what I say. <laughs> <laughs> Who you got? Uh, I've got. Uh, I'm going to go a couple of college football games. I'm going to go uh, number one, number twenty one ranked, twenty first ranked Liberty. I'm going to go Liberty. Uh, going with plus the Flames, four. huh? Yeah, I think there's. I think it might. When I saw it, it was plus four. It might be three and a half now, but I'm still going to take that. Even if it's three and a half, I'm going to take them over NC State. Wow, uh, that's, that's big. I've got. That, in, wait, 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 wait. How is that game being played? I thought. I thought in, um, ACC teams were only playing ACC teams. Hey, look! You, you make Liberty it. Liberty is they in Carolina, right? Or... But they're they're ranked too. Well, no, they're in Virginia. They're in they're Virginia. Virginia. We actually, uh, my freshman year, we played we played them at Liberty, and they they came to our place my sophomore year. This was back when they were one double A, and we we mm-hmm. gave them a whooping. And then last year they they moved up and they gave us one. So <laughs> I, I think if they weren't ranked as, it may not have happened. But by being ranked twenty first, um, shout I, out I, to the Hampton Pirates. Sorry, and, <laughs> and they're pretty regional as well. Right, right, yeah. The travel isn't as crazy. So I, I think I think those two reasons, like you said, them being regional and them being ranked, is probably how that game is being played. All right, so you got the Flames. The Flames minus three and a half. I minus think. three and a half. All right. No, 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 no. They're getting plus three and a half. Oh, They're... plus three and a half. Okay. Right, 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 right. Okay. Um, and I've got uh, – I'm taking the Hoosiers, getting 21 on the road. Ohio State? At Ohio State, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, they, that, that game that game might be come down you to – You don't think Ohio State's, Ohio State's not going to cover, huh? I don't think man. so. In, Indiana is just that good. People are not giving <laughs> their respect, man. It, it, I, coming into the season, I thought Indiana would be one of those teams that could upset – one or two of those uh, teams in the eastern portion of the Big Ten, and they've already done. They already took out Michigan. They already took out Penn State, and Ohio State is on the, on their list. So I, I actually I actually thought about that game. I, I had that game. <laughs> uh, what's what's your last one? Wow, you know what, man? 
I, I hate that I'm going to do this to my hometown team, but I'm going to take Northwestern, man. Getting seven and a half. And they're, 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 the, uh, they're the underdog at home against uh, Wisconsin. So, yeah, they're touchdown and a half underdog. I'm going to take, take the uh, Wildcats over the, the Badgers. Okay. okay. Go Cats. Go Cats. Rawr. Rawr. Smoke. What you got? All right. So I, I wanted that. I had that Ohio State indie game as well, but I'll switch up. No, you, you can take it. Oh, you can take okay. It. Yeah, yeah, I had it the same way. I had a uh, indie. Uh, I had like getting the points. Indie. Yep, right. getting the points. That's a lot of points, um, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's that's way too many. Twenty. I that's yeah, wow. Ohio State, man. I, I yeah. get it. Indiana's been looking pretty good. Yeah. Uh, now go NFL. I'm going to go Browns over Eagles. What's the spread in that one? Uh, minus three. Minus Browns minus three. Okay, gotcha. And and I'm going to go Raiders. With the points, they're minus eight underdog to Kansas City at home. All right, sounds no, they, good. Wait, if they're the underdog, that's, that they'd be plus eight. They're plus eight, yeah. Oh, well, they're Kansas City is the is the favorite at minus right. eight. Yeah. Also, oh, so you're taking the Raiders though. I'm taking the Raiders. You're yeah. taking the Raiders plus eight. Plus okay. eight, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I'm going Penn State. Okay. Uh, they're getting two and a half over Iowa. They're still winless, aren't they? They are winless. They got <laughs> to win at some point. Yeah, they're fighting for dignity. Now's the time Shout, out to, Shout out to my man James Franklin. <laughs> he needs yeah. to keep his job. Yeah, he does. Um, I got the Dolphins minus three over Denver. Okay. And I got the Vikings giving seven to the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. All right. So we'll see how that goes. See if my luck stands up this week. It's not luck, man. It's skill. When you win, it's skill. Right. <laughs> we'll see. I'm never gonna play these because I know for sure. That I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what was what was my man in um, in uh, a Bronx Tale? What was it? Uh, Mickey the Mush? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I can't do it, but we we can play this game though. So uh, so yeah, that's gonna do it, man. Thank you for <laughs> listening. Um, we're glad you you're taking time out. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, remember, you can catch us on all your favorite podcast platforms: Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, also on the Podbean. Um, app and website um, so continue to check us out um, catch us on social media at IG EZ period smoke period GM on IG um, and I think that's our Twitter Twitter handle too okay. so uh, so yeah I bet you guys didn't know we had a Twitter handle yeah I didn't know yeah I'm sorry that's my bad <laughs> it's all good I'm gonna start communicating a little better <laughs> But yeah, yeah, but but check us out on there and um you can also check us on hp53productions.com. Glenn? Yes, sir. Take us out. Mm-hmm.
All right, man. As you all know, and I live by these words, I ain't saying I'm right. Just don't think I'm wrong. We'll catch you next. Not next week. No, no, no. We're going to take a break. But Thanksgiving week, we'll be back uh, after the Bears-Packers on November 30th. See you then. See you guys then. We'll be right back.